0: to the unthankful, and to the evil. That's hard to understand. I expect him to be kind to the church and kind to my brother and kind to my sister, but he's kind to wicked people. He's nice to people that never come to church. He, he loves people that never darken the church door. He he loves atheists and Satanists and, and people that are into Scientology and people that are into Islam. he He loves these people. It doesn't make sense to me. And it lets me down when I'm doing everything I can do for him. And only to be uh, scolded. Like I wouldn't have done that if I were you. And he that lives by the sword will die by the sword. And so Peter trying to get through the letdown get through the fog as Jesus is arrested follows him toward the palace and toward the hall and somebody looks at him and says you're one of those disciples you're one of those guys that that followed him but it wasn't one of those hey you're one of the guys tell me what Miracles you saw it was hey you're one of the guys that you might get executed if you admit that you're with him and so he has to deny him I, it wasn't me I'm I'm not part of who of that clique I'm not part of that church and and uh, and then someone else comes up and says no you're you're one of the guys you're one of the disciples and and he starts saying no 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 it's not me and finally he goes to a fire and this chick walks up to the fire and and she says no you you definitely are the one (laughs) and so he starts cussing he starts cussing to convince them that he's not a christian be careful when you try to talk like the guys at work so so you can hide where you really go to church Laugh at all their jokes and you and you say the words they say to make them feel comfortable because you don't want them to really if you're gonna have 500 people, you're gonna have to get out of that comfort zone at your job and say, I'm not like you, and you need what I have. In fact, so much so that I'm gonna show you how not like you I am. But Peter had a letdown and he 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 blew it. He 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 now what, what more could the Lord want from me? I mean, I I, re, I got rebuked for fighting. Uh, I denied him three times. He said, I'm done. And then before I talk to you about what he did, I want to talk to you about who he connected with. Peter was also always connected with James and John. It was like the three amigos, the, the three guys that were, you know, the leaders of the pack, Peter, James, and John, the three that always went Farther than everybody else, the three that that the Lord could count on when everyone else bailed. But when we see Peter start to backslide, it's not Peter, James, and John. Although James and John followed Peter, because ultimately people will follow you when you start leaving church and you start backsliding. People will follow you out. But it wasn't Peter, James, and John. It was Peter, Thomas, and Nathaniel that the Bible mentions. So we we have one of the big three. But now he's connecting to Thomas and Nathaniel. And the reason why. I bring that up is because Thomas is in a season of doubt and unbelief. And Nathaniel is the critic that said, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? And Peter connects himself with the doubter and the critic, because when you start to walk away from God, you will associate yourself with people that have no problem talking about your pastor, talking about the church talking about anything going on in the church and he disconnects from James and John and connects to Thomas and Nathaniel. You need to watch who you hang out with in the house of God. This wasn't a coworker. This wasn't somebody in the world. This was somebody in church with a bad attitude. Somebody that never praises. Someone that never worships. Someone that doesn't believe it. And when you start to get your letdown on your mind, and you focus on the pain and the problem and what should have happened, you will disconnect from James and John, and you will connect to Thomas and Nathaniel. And before long, you start talking with them because your flesh wants someone to agree with you that yes, you are the victim, and. Yes, you have a right to be mad, and yes, you have a right to walk away, and yes, you have a right to skip church, and yes, you have a right to backslide because you've associated yourself with an agreeable voice. Am I preaching to anybody right now? Disconnect from the ones that are pulling you away, and abide with the ones that are still in the body. Did Thomas go to heaven? Probably. Did Nathaniel go to heaven? Probably. But all we know about Thomas are the words of doubt all we know about nathaniel are the words of criticism and peter now is mentioned with these other two and then it mentions that the sons of zebedee which are john james and john they went with him so in other words peter because he's the leader of the pack he disconnects from the guys that are spiritual connects to the guys that are carnal and the guys that are spiritual follow him out that's what happens when someone gets a bad attitude in church. That's when someone gets a bad spirit. The people that should be close to God now follow you and get a little click going because your attitude is, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost, is anti-leadership and anti-submission. And when you get like that, you will lead people away from God. You think, dad, because you, you backslide that your kids will still go to church. It's not going to happen. If you walk away, you're not giving your kids a chance. If you walk away, you're not giving your wife a chance. You might as well just admit it. I'm if I leave the house of God, there's greater consequences than what I think there are. And so you will always be followed out. You may not always be followed in, but you will always be followed out. And Peter starts leading the pack away from Calvary. He leads the crew away from the cross and says, I'm going. Fishing. He, I'm going back to my old career. I'm going back to my old life. I'm going back to my ways. Can I just stop for a moment and just tell you that the real target of Calvary was Peter? Because Jesus said in the same chapter that the devil already entered into Judas, that Satan hath desired to have you, Peter. So why does he need Peter if he's got the betrayal lined up? He's got the cross lined up. He's got the devil. Lined up, why does he need Peter? Because if one preacher survives Calvary. <laughs> If one preacher lives to tell the testimony, if one person lives to say but the Lord did this for me, then Calvary still is alive. And so the target was Peter the entire time. He kept telling if the devil's attacking you, it's because you're targeted. You've got something great to voice in the future, and you have to know that the enemy's fighting you not for what you were, but for who you're going to be. Would you praise him right now? I feel the Holy Ghost. Would you praise him right now? Something good's going to happen when you get this message in a moment. And I'm going fishing. In Josh's translation, he said, I can't take it anymore. I'm not going back to that church. I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve to feel like that. I didn't deserve this pain. I didn't deserve to go through that. I didn't deserve to suffer that. I'm going back. Isn't it funny how when you leave the Lord, you always go back to the world. You always go back to what you came out of. People that leave God always, you don't leave church and get closer to God. Can I just say something? You don't leave the church and get closer to the Lord. You always leave the church and drift from God. There's no getting closer to God by abandoning the body of Christ. There is no getting, that's thats severing yourself from what God wants to do in your future. And so he said, I can't take it anymore. And he went back to The world. And he said, I'm going back to my old life. And he went to the dark place in the night and he started fishing in the dark. I wrote this down this morning. I've never seen someone exit the kingdom and live a fulfilled life. I've never seen someone leave church and be happy. I've never seen someone walk away from God, backslide and truly live the best life possible. Because once you leave him, there's no going up. It's all downhill, From there. And so he said, I'm going back. And of course, he goes into a dark place. He goes into a place where uh, let me just break it down. He's going to a place where he can't have any more letdowns. I'm going to go back to a place where they can't hurt me. I'm going to go to a place where the church can't find me. I'm going to go to a place where no one will call me. If I turn my phone off, I can't hear their voice. If I don't go to church, I can't hear pastors convicting messages. If I just stay away from watching online, I won't even hear the voice of that church reaching out to me. So I'm going to go find me a place where I can't be hurt. Can I just say this? You're never more lost than when you build walls around you and don't let the word of God near you. You're never more lost than when you build the walls and say, I'm off limits to the church. Don't call me. Don't reach out to me. Don't encourage me. I'm going to protect myself. No, you're drifting. You're headed toward a dark sea that you cannot control. And Peter is out there in the dark thinking to himself, at least I won't get another letdown. At least I won't be rebuked. At least I won't be scolded. At least I can't be denying him and I won't be embarrassed and I won't humiliate myself. I'm going back to where I know I know what I'm doing. This is what I do and that's who I am. And it's funny how you get an attitude when you start to walk away from God and you say, This is who I really am. People that backslide always say that this is who I really am. That's who you really were before God delivered you, before He changed you, before He filled you, before He redeemed you. But that's not who you are. now you've been bought with a price and your body is not your own and that's why you present your body a living sacrifice unto god holy and acceptable which is your reasonable service the morning breaks and that's not coincidental but the morning breaks and guess who's on the shore (laughs) guess who came looking for him again I want to say this. I want to preach this like I wrote it down. We always talk about the time Jesus found us, like before we got the truth and before we got saved. And he found me and he filled me and he delivered me. And I'm thankful for that. But we ought to be honest enough to say he's found us more than once. Yes, yes, there was a time where he found you in the bar. But there was other times he found you on the back row. There was times he found you in the altar. There's been times he found you on the platform. There's been times he found you in the pulpit. There's been times he found you in the altar call. There's been times he found you in the song service. I know it's quiet, but but I know uh, there's been times he found you reading your Bible for the first time in several days. There's been times he found you praying for the first time in several hours when you knew you should have been praying earlier. I wish somebody would be real and say, I'm thankful that he found me once, but I'm even more thankful that he found me again, and then he found me again, and then he found me again. He found me once, and he found me 20 times. He found me 30 times. He found me 40 times. You serve a God that never stops looking for you. You serve a God that never stops searching for you. You could run to the ends of the world, but he'll still chase you down. He'll look for you because he bought you. He paid for you with that blood. You belong to him. They didn't even know it was him. So the Bible says they didn't know it was him. He's talking, but they don't know it's him. Do you realize the channels and the avenues that God tries to communicate you when your heart is backslidden and you don't even realize it's his voice? When someone's heart's not right with God, he searches any type of pathway to speak to them, but usually their heart is blocked and deafened to his voice. He'll use the word. He'll use the pastor. He'll use somebody at church to call them. He'll use a backslider from across the world to reach out. He'll use anybody. He'll use a donkey. He'll use a bush. He'll use a manger. He'll do what he'll try, anything possible to get your attention. Let me ask you if he's talking to you. Have you heard him lately? And now uh, here we go. And he said, children, like let me stop right there. <laughs> this is powerful. He calls them children, not friends, like he always called them. Anytime he switches and goes from you're my friends to you're the you're my children, he's operating as the father. That's why they didn't recognize his voice. He wasn't the friend that was dying on the cross for them. He was the father talking. He was the voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was, he was the voice saying, hear ye him. They didn't recognize when he was trying to get the, you, you know, when someone, I call my kids, kids, they're my kids. Cause I'm their father. He spoke to them when he starts reaching for you. He doesn't do it as your friend. He he does it as your father. He does it as the one because only a father can understand a prodigal that's coming home. Mm. When someone's coming back to God, they don't need the brother that's critical. They don't need the sister with the the backslidden spirit. They need the love of the father that says, you're still my child. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you did it with. I love you, and I'm there for you, and you're still my baby. I want someone to hear the voice of the father this morning, that you are still his child. He died for you. He shed blood for me, and we are still his kids. Children his dad's talking now. <laughs> Children hey kids hey boys you guys you guys got anything now watch this what he's saying is what he's saying is how's it going? How's it going without me? how, how blessed is your life not being in my presence? Have you caught anything? Now, you can't convince me he didn't know. He didn't know. He knew. But he loves them enough to let them know, even though I know you're failing, I don't want you to think I'm coming off rebuking you and your failure. I want you to know that I love you and your failure. How's it going? When you run into the backslider this week, how's it going? Because they don't want to come back if they don't think you care. The first step to the massive revival that's coming your way of 500 people is a harvest of backsliders. That's coming from the left and to the right, the north, the south, and the east and the west. That is the first wave of revival coming back to this church. That's the way that God is sending. God's going to send you his kids. And you have to ask them, how are you doing? Not told you so. Not you sure changed. Not, boy, you look different. No. How's it going? How's life? Have you any meat? He doesn't even, he's not even acknowledging the fact that he knows they're not making it without him. And he did that to get them to admit, no, it's not fulfilling without you. His compassion opened up their response. And when he said, how's it going? They said, not very good. You're going to hear that response. It's not going very good, which is going to open up the conversation. Your compassion is going to open up the conversation with the backslider very soon. The compassion you have on them in their lack, in their emptiness, in their darkness, in their grief, is going to be what ultimately starts the conversation bringing them back to you. Have you any meat? They said no. and. The first step from going lost to found is admitting that you're lost. Whether you're in the room right now or you're watching online, the first step to getting back in the peace and the presence of God is admitting, I am not able to fix this myself. You have to lay your pride down and you have to say, I can't do this. Because you can fake the whole church out, you can fake the pastor out, you can fake the preacher out, you can fake everybody out. But you're not faking Jesus out when you say, oh, I'm doing just fine. The boat's full of fish. He knows the boat's empty. He knows you're breaking down. He knows you're stressed out. He knows you're angry. He knows you're bitter. He knows you're mad. You have to admit, that's not working without you. Cast the net on the right side and you shall find, he said. Now, he can't see in the boat, apparently, but he apparently can see in the water. He said, I, um, on the right side is all the favor you want. All the favor you're looking for is right beside you. And so they cast the net, and sure enough, they filled it with fish. And then John said, that's the Lord. I may not pick up on his voice, but I know his actions. The God thing going on. I may not be able to respond to him when he calls me to pray. I may not wake up and be connected to the verse he's trying to get me to read. But when something happens in my family and he did it, I'm going to know it was God. I may not be the most sensitive, But I know when the miracle worker's in the room. I know when the answered prayer is being released. It's the Lord. So here's the crazy part. They've got all these fish. In fact, I think it's 153 of them or something like that in this net. They've got the favor, but they're still lost. Let me just say this favor is not a signal that you are in the will of God. We think if I get favor, I've got God's approval. But they were they had favor but they were lost because if Jesus is on the shore and you're in the boat, you're lost. If he's over there and you're over here, I don't care what you have at home i don't care how much money's in your bank how many cars you do drive how sweet your snow machine is if he's over there and you're over here you're lost i don't care what job he's given you how many hours he's given you how much income you have if you always skip church you're lost You can't sit there and tell me that the favor of God is keeping you from the house of God. That's not the favor of God. The favor of God is saving you. Well, God's blessing me and God's doing all this stuff. And if he wanted me to be a church, he'd open up the door because he's he's giving me all this money. The devil will give you anything to take you to hell. Anything. Well, I don't think it's really a big deal. I told you earlier, the Bible says he's kind to the unthankful and he's kind to the evil. That means God has a principle. If I take care of the people on the earth, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He opens up his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing, Psalm 145. But let me tell you, that's his obligation. That does not mean you're walking with him just because you've got a good job. I'm, I'm I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you need to be careful, assuming God's you're in alignment with God, skipping five out of six services, never going to the altar, never praying through, never connecting, never being submitted, but you got money. Who cares how much money you have if you're in the boat that's on its way to hell? And help us, Lord. Well, he's blessing. He just keeps on blessing me. You know something? This is this is going to be quiet, but I'm just going to say it. That's what these charismatic cowboys preach. These big charismatic churches. That God is that God just wants to bless you your whole life and not never convict you, never make you holy, never make you change, never make you grow. God just wants to give you stuff. If he gives you stuff, he's trying to draw you closer to him. But if you get the stuff and stay where you are, you're ignoring the one on the shore talking to you and you're staying connected to the stuff which the devil is wanting all day long. Love, fall in love with your job, fall in love with your money, fall in love with your house, fall in love with your car, fall in love with all the stuff you get to do. Fall in love with it, because if it keeps you from swimming to Jesus, then I've got you right where I want you and you'll never be saved. Not going to be this is not going to go over well, probably, but we don't preach about hell barely ever anymore. See how quiet. We don't preach about hell, and the reason is we don't want people upset, frustrated. We want them leaving happy and encouraged, which I agree with. But every once in a while, you need to remember there is a real hell, and all the favor in the world will not get you saved. Oh, it's quiet. It got. It got dead right there. That hell is real. Those of you that are in the back just staring at me, hell is real. And you need to make up your mind that you want to go to heaven with everything inside of you. You need to be saved. Nothing else matters. Your kids need to be saved. Your wife needs to be saved. Your husband needs to be saved. Jesus is all that matters. One thing I'm just starting to learn pastoring that I realized I didn't know as an evangelist was that it's my job from every church service to be able to send you to heaven if you get into a car wreck or you have a heart attack. I want, I hope that I preached to a, you to a place in an altar that you're saved when you leave the church service, not you're blessed. Because if you're blessed and you're lost and you get in a wreck you're going to hell but if you're saved and miserable and getting a wreck you're going to heaven so i'd rather you be saved and preach something you need to hear than something you want to hear so that you make it to eternity to be with the lord now when simon peter heard that it was the lord <laughs> Not when he saw it was the Lord, when he heard it was the Lord. He put on his coat. He instantly put it. He put clothes on when he's. This proves to you how holiness is real. Even Peter knew uh, Jesus is here. I better. I better get dressed. Because the closer you get to him, the holier you will become. I know I'm hitting topics that people don't like, but don't tell me you're close to a holy God full of the Holy Ghost and read a holy Bible, but not living a holy life. Don't tell me that. It's not possible. If you really are getting closer to him, something in you wants to be holy. I don't need to be hopeful. What you're saying is I'm happy to be in the boat with my stuff, knowing he's out there and still reaching for me. I've got this long distance relationship with God where he he speaks and then I respond once in a while. I know he's talking to me and I get convicted, but then I shake off the sermon 30 seconds after it's over. You're not shaking off a sermon. You're shaking off an angel that's chasing you with a word from God trying to get into your life to say, no, you need to get right with the Lord and get yourself and your family and your house in order. And that's what you're shaking off. That's why you change the subject in the car, dad, when, the, when your wife or kids start talking about the message. You change the subject, and I feel the Holy Ghost right now, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but you change the subject because you're shaking off that conviction that God's trying to get into your spirit. So you talk about the game. You talk about food. You talk about what you got to do. You talk about hunting. Anything to get your mind shut off the word that's trying to get you out of the boat. I wish someone would be real right now and say, man, God's been trying to deal with me. God's been trying to chase me. God's been trying to get my attention and I need to stop changing the subject and realize it is the Lord. Just turn to your neighbor and tell them I need to change. Peter change is closed. He said, Jesus is there. I got to change. <laughs> And he cast himself into the sea. This is the same God that once had the faith to say, if it's you, let me walk on water, even though no human ever has. He's now in such a place. He's not even thinking about what used to be underneath his feet is now in his face. He's fallen so low. But when you know Jesus is there, I may never be the guy that walked on the water years ago again, but something in me says I've got to go get him, even if I have to swim my way there. I may never be on the platform. I I may never preach a message. I may never get used again but you better know that if he's out there on the shore, something he's going to want to swim to him and I'm going to find where he is and I'm going to get to him somehow, some way. Mm. <laughs> if he's over here and I'm over there, I must be lost. But. If he's over there calling me over here, I must be loved. And I don't know who you are, or how far you've drifted, or where, what you're sinking in. But I've come to remind you all the way from Texas that you serve in God who brought you into that sanctuary this morning, and He loves you in your drifting self. He loves you in that backslidden state. He loves you in that place where you are. But don't you settle in that boat of contentment. Don't you sit there in that carnal state and say, Well, I'm fine. Uh, don't you do that. You need to jump out of that boat, hikata, and head to that altar. And say, I'm not leaving here until I touch the hem of his garment. I'm not leaving until I'm on the shore. Get out of the water and get in the shore where Jesus is. And would you stand to your feet if you can? He swam and left it all behind. And when he got to Jesus, all the favor followed him to the shore. And when he got to Jesus, Jesus already had a fire and fish cooking on the fire. So all of Peter's favor was raw. But when he got into the presence of God, it was prepared. Because some things only happen in your life when you leave that boat of contentment. And that boat backsliding and you go chase him. You want to find who God wants you to marry? Go get in the presence of God. You want to find the God job? Get in the presence of God. You want to find the position God has for you? Get in the presence of God. You can sit there life and play the blame game and critique everything in church and everybody. But if you really want God's perfect will in your life, you have to admit I'm wrong and I'm getting in the water. And I don't know how long it's going to take you to get to where he is. It might take me one altar call. It may, may take me 10 months, but I'm going to swim. I'm going to be at every service I can be at. I'm going to be at every church service I can be at. I'm going to be faithful in my tithing. I'm going to be faithful in my giving. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be faithful in everything I can. I don't know how far I am from him, but you better know I'm not sitting here and saying, I think I'm good where I am. Let me say this to you. Someone in the room is saying something, and I can hear your human spirit, and you're saying, well, this stuff doesn't convict me. And I'm going to tell you why you're not convicted. You're not convicted because you don't consecrate. If you really want to know the opinion of God, we only know the Ten Commandments because somebody fasted for them. We didn't even know adultery was a sin until somebody said, I'm climbing a mountain and I'm getting a hold of God and I'm going to find out what he says about this. And if you're not convicted, it's because you're not consecrating. But if you... If you want to know God's opinion about the sin that you're harboring, you need to start praying and fasting and saying, God, show it to me. Show me why I need to change. Because if you really do want the Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost, you will swim out of the boat and say, Lord, I don't know why I have to do these things, but I'm going to go after you with everything I have until you tell me. What is swimming? It's crawling on water. It's crawling through the, through the resistance. It's saying, I don't care what it looks like. I'm going against the current. I have got to find Jesus. I know this is probably not the message you need to hear, but I feel the Holy ghost on me so strong right now. I tried to look through several messages and the Lord kept bringing me back to this one. And he said, no, there's people there that are the key to the great harvest that's coming, but they've got to get out of the boat and start pursuing me like they know they're supposed to. I don't know who's in that building. I Besides the first couple of rows, I don't know anybody back there. So I'm just going to be myself. And if you get mad, I'm sorry. Dad, please forgive them. Please forgive me. But I'm going to say this to you. If You sit through every church service. I'm not talking to the guests. Guests, I'm glad you're there. But church people, if you sit through every church service and you never approach the altar and you never move and you never raise your hands and you never pray, you're the one I'm preaching to. You're in the boat. You're sitting there pulling people away and you need to wake up right now because the fire's going out on the shore and the master's visiting you one last time saying, come on, please come over here. I've got something to show you, but you cannot get it where you're at. If I opened up the altars, would you run? If I opened up the altars, would you move? If if I said, come on, would you make a move? Because I'm saying it in the spirit. Would you do do whatever you had to do to say, Lord, (laughs) I don't want to be lost. Above all else, I must be saved. Not I must be blessed. Not I must have that job. Not I must have those hours. Not I must have that car. No, above all else. I must be saved. Altar is open, and I wish everybody would get out of the boat. Because if you stand back there, you really stand out. You really stand out that you need it right now. That's the evangelist in me. I apologize. But you stand out that you're the one I'm preaching to. I don't even know who you are. I can only see your, your shadows. I can only see your silhouettes. But I tell you, you're the one I'm preaching to one the word is looking for you the word is talking the word is building a fire the word is preparing a blessing and the word is trying to save your city and your soul that i give it to you guys right now go ahead and pray everybody i wish i was there with you but would you begin to open up your voice lift up your hands and begin to pray to the lord right now Pray to the Lord right now to help you where you are. recordings.